Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And I've got a special guest for this one with the hiring of new Texans GM, Nick Casario. I wanted to bring in New England Patriots insider Chris Semino to get the real scoop. Those of you who were regulars on Locked On Texans, my old podcast may remember our conversation when Chris was hosting Locked On Patriots. And Chris, I know you're, you're now covering the team for full press Patriots, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm covering for them. I've been there for about, uh, about three years now, actually. It's going well. All right. Well, we look forward to this because I'll tell you what, nobody in Houston is happy, happy with the Casario move because he's connected with this Jack Easterby mess and nobody trusts Cal McNair or Easterby, including Deshaun Watson. Let me just start off by asking you, what can you tell us about Casario that maybe could cheer us up a little bit? <laughs> now, Casario himself, as a personnel guy and as a football guy, he's a great hire. He is. And I know if you look at the last couple of drafts the Patriots had, I know there's going to be some people who say, well, you know, they've missed on this and they missed on that. Let's not forget when you draft 32nd in the draft every year, you also draft 64th and you also draft 96th. So, you know, they, they, they're, picking, they're picking from the bottom of the well every single time. And the thing is with, with Houston's situation with the draft this year, they don't have a first or second round pick from what I remember. I'm pretty sure that's what the situation is. I think you have a guy that should be able to find some players that will be able to help out right away. One of the things that I am concerned about with Casario, though, is if you look at the Patriots the last 20 years, is the certain positions that they do struggle with. I mean, let's be honest. The Patriots look like a high school team fielding wide receivers this season, and that's the reason why they were 7-9. and nine. They, were, they had nothing on the outside. And a guy like Casario, who's been around for 20 years, who was a former quarterback, you know, you would think that one of the areas that he'd be able to find players would be at the skill at the skill positions like wide receiver and, and tight end and things of that nature. But for some reason, they just haven't had a lot of luck with that. But he's been excellent when it comes to identifying offensive and defensive linemen. He seems to really have his hands in everything. I know for a fact that he was also a big part of the Patriots practices. He helped Belichick plan a lot of practices. He was involved in a lot of the practices. He was kind of a go-between for a long time between the players and Belichick. Um, so he has a ton of experience with all different things. But at the same time, it just seems like an odd time for him to be hired you know, with the Patriots coming off of you know a 7-9 season. It just feels like it's something that's been planned for a long time with the whole Easterby situation. If I'm a Houston fan, I'm happy with the fact that I know he's going to be able to identify talent. The thing is, I don't know how good he is at identifying top-end talent. I know he's good at finding diamonds in the rough. That's how Houston fans, I think, should be excited to know they're going to find some steals, but at the same time, the the, uh, the jury's out on whether he can find top-end guys. Yeah, and I guess that's my next question, and one of the things that I think we're all wondering is, you know, they've drafted, from what I understand, two pro bowlers in the last eight years, and I know it's bottom end of the round that they're always drafting in, but we've seen, you know, teams like Seattle pick up guys you know, a Richard Sherman in the fifth round or, you know, a, a bunch of different guys that they've drafted in the second, third, fourth, fifth round that have gone on to, to great success. And, and I'm just wondering, is it an indictment on him as the director of player personnel or is this more of Bill Belichick? I mean, how, how much did he have the reins there? Because, you know, that's the thing with New England. You, you, it just feels like no matter who you get from New England, it doesn't matter because Bill Belichick had so much control and he was so much part of the, the brain of that whole organization. 
he had a lot to do with it. Casario is a major part of what they do. I mean, it's Belichick, Casario, and Ernie Adams, and a couple other scouts that we don't even know their names because they'll never tell us who they are. But, I mean, that's pretty much the brain trust behind what they do. <clears throat> and I know, um, I mean, if you look at Nikhil Harry, who quite possibly is one of the worst draft picks in the last five years in the NFL. I mean, if you look at the wide receivers that have gone after Harry, there's a quote, and if you can look up the video, you're on your own if you'd like, of Casario when it came up to that pick. In fact, the Patriots had it on their website. I think they've pulled it down since, but you can find it. Casario saying Harry has to be the guy. And I just think of things like that, and I'm like, oh, good Lord, how is he going to do, you know, having his own organization? But sometimes you wonder if, you know, when you hear a guy like that say, well, Harry has to be the guy, how much influence is that is that from Belichick, you know, when they're looking at their own because the Patriots have their own way of judging players and how they how they rate players, so their list may be different than everybody else in the league, which tends to be what it, what happens. So I think he kind of drank the Kool Aid a little bit when it came to Belichick. So I think a lot of these times these guys go off on their own. It's weird. You hear a lot of people say these Patriots guys and they go off and they struggle in other places. You know, I know Thomas Dimitrov got let go this year. Thomas Dimitrov had a pretty good run in Atlanta. I mean, let's be honest. He took him to a Super Bowl. They had some talent there. They did some good things. Pioli wasn't all that bad either. They did some decent things in Kansas City. So I do think that Casario, being on his own now, his own mind, he's been in the NFL. I mean, 20 years he's been with the Patriots. He's got connections all over the league. I just want to see how he does on his own. I, I think a lot of times guys with the Patriots, they get kind of roped in. They drink the Kool-Aid, and, and they do what Bill wants them to do. And sometimes when, they, again, they go off on their own, a guy like Dimitrov, you know, there's a famous quote of Belichick saying, never draft a wide receiver in the top 10 when they took Julio Jones. And I kind of agree with him. But Julio Jones has turned out to be a pretty good player for the last time I checked. So, you know, it's these guys kind of do branch off and, and develop their own way of doing things. And I think Casario has the chance to, to be that guy. Are there Patriot philosophies and personnel that you've questioned over the years? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Um, I, I never understood why a team that had an offense like they did as far as, you know, when they could score points on the regular, why they didn't have an aggressive defense, why they didn't go after, go after types of pass rushes that I thought would work here. But the thing is, if you look at it, and, it, and it's different now because now there's no Tom Brady to cover up the issues. And it's not just Brady. I mean, they, they lost Dante Hightower, who was basically the quarterback of their defense, too. And you can see that it wasn't a whole bunch of guys. There were specific guys that the Patriots had, and they knew. They identified these guys as their better players and guys that they knew they had to build it around. But it's one of those things where you can see the lack of depth that they actually do have in the organization. You know, they did have some, some luck in the draft this year. Uh, they found a, a tackle. They found a couple tackles, and they found some defensive They found some defensive players. and But still, um, they have issues everywhere. And it, it's just concerning because if you look back at, you know, some they had some decent picks last season, and they seem to want to make the big trade and get these and get more picks and more picks and more picks. But every time they do that, these more picks don't really seem to be panning out to being good players. But I do think with the players, I think they'll like him. I think that's going to go a long way because, again, he was a player in college. He was a coach, and he wasn't just a coach. He was a coach that they knew was the go-between. Like I said, 
So he's going to be a hands-on guy. So I think the I think the players, I think Watt, I think all those guys will really like him a lot. But again, it's going to come down to how he does in these drafts. Yeah, I mean, that's the concern. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, you know, when you look at the Patriots, it's like, well, it just seems like it's been Brady pasting things together over the years. And, you know, one of the things that I was noticing was that, you know, the Patriots – you know, they've never shied away from guys with questionable character. And on the other hand, you've got the Texans ownership under the McNairs that they've done just the opposite. Do you feel like that's more of a philosophy of Belichick from what you've heard? Is that going to be something that he's going to be able to handle? Because frankly, I still don't, I still don't think McNair was going to be able to put up with something like, you know, got bringing in, you know, guys like Antonio Brown or somebody like that. That's more Belichick. That's absolutely Belichick because Belichick likes those guys. He likes to work with those guys. And, you know, we started with Lawrence Taylor and he was with the Giants to, you know, people don't remember this, but Kevin Mack, when he was with Cleveland, had a bad drug problem uh, when Belichick arrived there. So Belichick's always worked with those kids that, you know, I call them kids, but <laughs> the men, he's always worked with those guys that tend to have issues. And I think he kind of, I don't know if he gets pride on helping them out or what what the situation is. I also know he wants to win. I know that's a big part of it. So there's a, there's a selfish part of that too. I don't think Casario's on that side of it as much. I know that him and Easterby have a tight relationship. Um, Easterby is definitely not on the end of signing guys of that like that. That's one of the reasons he left the Patriots after the whole Kraft uh, situation that occurred down in Florida. I'm sure you guys all know about. Um, that's the main reason why Easterby left the, the Patriots organization when that all happened. So. Um, I don't think that Casario is going to be signing uh, low-character, gamble-type players. And to be honest with you, I don't think the Patriots would have signed a guy like Antonio Brown if they weren't trying to appease Brady. So that's a story for another day. I, I think a lot of what the Patriots did as far as, you know, Albert Hainsworth, and I don't want to say Randy Moss because I, I, I think Randy Moss got a bad bad rap, so I'm not putting him into that category. Um Corey Dillon, I will put in that category because Corey Dillon had a longer rap sheet than half the criminals that are in the prisons as we speak right now. Um, so they've definitely taken some chances on guys like that. And you're right. I know McNair won't take those type of chances, but I don't think they'll have to. I think Casario will be able to find, you know, like I said, he finds diamonds in the rough. He's very good with that. Um, the Patriots have pulled guys out of nowhere. And, you know, it's funny. We talk about, you know, um, draft picks and not being on pro bowlers. You got to also remember, too, they drafted Joe Tooney. They've drafted their offensive line. They know how to draft. So if you want somebody that's going to come in there and be able to protect your best player in Watson, I would have a lot of confidence that Casario will be able to find offensive linemen that can come in there right away and be able to help that team. So that's one area. That That's the strength of what New England's done. You know, people think, you know, they've done good here. They've had Brady. They've done this. But in the draft, the one thing the Patriots have done very well is the offensive line. So if you can do that, that gives you a chance every season. And I think that's one of the reasons the Patriots have been good. Yeah, it's funny with our offensive line, you know, you just spent all the draft capital on Laramie Tunsil. That's why there are no draft choices this year for the Texans. Yeah. And 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 then yeah. you've got, they just spent a first round pick on a right tackle in Titus Howard, which I, I think he's a, he's a really good player. It, it just seems like the problem with the Texans offensive line has been more about coaching, at least in my opinion, than it, than it actually has been about players. Uh, but, you know, they, they definitely can improve a little bit at guard and center. And, and frankly, I would like the clean house uh, in the interior of the offensive line. So, so that, yeah, that's absolutely a good thing. I also want to ask you, you know, are there names in the Patriots organization you'd expect, 
might follow Casario to Houston, you know, names that you consider important behind the scenes that could follow him? Yeah. I've said from day one that I thought McDaniels was going with him. I, I and I and I still am not sold that he's not. It the thing about Josh McDaniels is every time that he's supposedly being looked at as a coach, you hear his name in the media. I haven't heard a word. And typically when you don't hear a word, something's happening. I think that Belichick's going to stick around for a few more years because I think he wants to see this rebuild through because he's one of those guys that just he's too competitive to walk away. And I don't think McDaniels wants to wait anymore. I think he wants another opportunity. And uh, I think that, you know, him, I know that him and Casario are very tight. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if you guys ended up with having McDaniels as your coach. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not a huge Josh McDaniels guy, but being under Belichick for as long as he's been, I I don't think that's going to be a bad thing for him. Um, And I think that he'd do a good job with Watson too. But I think that there's a good chance that he ends up there. Yeah, I'm hearing at least, you know, John McClain, the Texans' most respected person that covers the team is saying. Yeah, he's excellent. He's saying he will not be the Texans' next head coach. And, you know, that to me might be the nail in the coffin for Texans. I mean, the the Texans fans have have left the ship, you know, for the most part. But I I think that just might be the final straw because, Mm -hmm. you know, they they would just look at that as, oh, here we go. Another Patriots guy. You know, it's it's Patriots South. And and McNair was questioned about that in the press conference. And he insisted it wasn't Patriots South. But. I mean, it's it's just been over and over again, whether it's Easterby or Casario or Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cronell, obviously. Yeah, I was just going to say, your, your interim coach right now, <laughs> Romeo Cronell, was a Patriots defensive coordinator. Any idea why the Patriots fought the Texans when they tried to hire Casario for GM the first time, but didn't fight it this time? Do you watch Seinfeld at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I uh, spite? You ever seen the episode when Jerry returns the sweater? Out of, I'd like to return this out of spite. I think it was spite. I think the, I think it was a thing where I think Bill Belichick hates Jack Easterby. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. I think that Belichick hates Easterby. I think he thinks he's a snake. I agree with him. I think that Easterby is an opportunist. You would get a whole big amen from down here for sure. He's, he's a snake. He's a snake. Any Houston fans listen to this? Listen to me right now. I'm telling you right now that guy is an opportunist and he's a snake. He knows nothing about football. Yeah. It blows my mind that he's gotten as far as he's gotten in that organization, but he uses, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't want everyone to hate me, but he uses things and he manipulates people to get on their side. So it's just one of those things, but I, I'm sorry. I kind of got the subject. He used to be, makes me angry when I think about him, but I just, I would be angry if I was a Houston fan. If you, if they go and get Josh McDaniels, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm out. I, I wouldn't, I'd be like, see you later. I wouldn't want to be proud of it because you're right. You're going for the second straight offensive coordinator from the Patriots. It, the Patriots system has been the same system. It, people don't – it's so funny because people are like, oh, Tom Brady is the system. The Patriots have run the same offense really since 1976. It's just changed a little bit as far as when they go spread and when they don't go spread. So they've run the same thing for forever. It's always been the same. They have the same – and Belichick even says the same thing. So when you have an offensive coordinator leave here and go off, they're just running the same thing that everybody else did. And other teams use the same thing too for the last 40 years. They're not recreating the wheel. So I think that's part of the problem is you have a lot of these guys look great because they have work under Belichick and they had Brady and they had a good system. And then they go off on their own. And it's like, uh Oh, this doesn't look so good. And I think that's where you see like, like Romeo Cornell 
Cornell was a great defensive coordinator in New England. He wasn't very, very, very good head coach in Kansas City, that's for sure. Wasn't very good anywhere he's gone. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, you look at and say, geez, he's, he stinks. Um, great defensive coordinator, but not a very good head coach. McDaniels is a pretty good offensive coordinator. Jury's out big time on as far as he can be a head coach. And Bill O'Brien was a god, was a train wreck. My good Lord, he was terrible. So, yeah, if I'm a Houston fan, I'm, I'm a little bit petrified right now. And maybe they do get the enemy. I mean, that's – maybe they do. I mean, you're closer to it than I am. Has that been a rumor down there that they could possibly still get him? Deshaun would like to at least discuss that, but the problem is <laughs> that they have not interviewed the enemy to this point. So, and then they've interviewed other people, but, you know, Casario has already said that, you know, they, they're ready to do more interviews and, and he's going to start interviewing people himself. So, you know, maybe the enemy gets back in the situation. And the one thing that they're going to have to do, and you mentioned it, I mean, that's the story this week in Houston is not only the hiring of Casario, but the fact that Deshaun Watson uh, appears to be angry and might want out. And if, if they don't get that straightened out pretty quickly, then that, that situation is going to get tenuous in a hurry. And if, if I'm Nick Casario, if there's one thing, I mean, you tell me, if there's one thing that you learned from the Patriots is that you don't have to be that good at player personnel if you've got a Deshaun Watson on your team. And the, and the Texans were... You know, they were bad this year, but if they could correct just the defense, which was one of the worst in the NFL, they couldn't stop the run, then, you know, if he can start, you know, plugging the dike there, then all of a sudden, Chris, it's a different situation because Deshaun Watson can move the ball, and there's some minor things that they they need to correct offensively. Uh, Like I said, a a couple things maybe with the offensive line, the receivers – Frankly, you said he can't he can't do much with receivers if he keeps the guys that he has, and that means figuring out a way to re-sign Will Fuller or keep him around, maybe franchise tagging him or something like that. If they keep the guys that they've got, the receiving core, there's nothing wrong with that. They're not they're they're not as good as they were with DeAndre Hopkins on the receiving core, but they've got you know they've got a lot of good guys that you know Deshaun can definitely work with. Um, yeah, from from an outsider's perspective, what do you see with the Texans that uh, you think is easily correctable, or you know, what do you see that um, you know that they've got to do going forward that maybe Casario can help them with? It seems like special teams would be something that he's really good at. And the Texans have always been either bad to mediocre, you know, over the last twenty years. I think as far as you're talking about, is the first thing he has to absolutely do is get into a room with Deshaun Watson with a mask on and say, hey. We got to get on the same page. Like he has to get on the same page with Watson. You can't. He if he has to trade him away, he's starting from square one, and that's just it's not a place you want to be in the NFL. I mean, that's where the Patriots are right now. It's just not where you want to be. Watson, in my mind, is a top five quarterback in the NFL, I, and if if he can't get that figured out, then that's that's a nightmare. Um, you're right in the special teams. I think that Houston is definitely uh, there's definitely some room for improvement there. People take special teams too lightly. I mean, I'm I'm a coach. I coach. I cover the game. I also coach it. You know, special teams is an area that you know I, I see. You know, granted, it's only high school, but I I know that you see it all the time. That's where teams get hurt. If you're giving up big returns, or if you're fumbling, or if you have you know a punter that can only average 35 yards a punt, or if your punt coverage is terrible, all that field position, all that free yardage you give away, or turnovers. That stuff adds up big time when it comes to wins and losses. So I know Casario will help big time there because he's very good at identifying, like I said, those um, those players that are diamonds in the rough. 
Um, defensive backs, he's also good at finding too. And a lot of those defensive backs end up being pretty good special teams players, um, as you've seen with the Patriots in the past. The Patriots have traded in four and signed guys strictly for special teams this whole entire run that Belichick's been here. And they've been ripped by the New England media for it. And then you turn around and you look at what they do, and it's like, well, there's a reason why they're doing that. So I do think he can clean that up. The run defense, I've always felt that that's something that you can fix pretty quickly. You know, if you add a couple defensive linemen, a linebacker, and say a safety that's, you know, run defense heavy, you know, a guy like a like a Patrick Chung type guy, um, Patriots drafted that kid in the second round this year. I can't think of his name off the top of my head because I'm having a brain cramp. But um, if you can find a guy like that, I think that would clean things up pretty quick. But I do feel that run defense in the NFL is something that can be quickly patched up. If you have the right coach and the right GM in place, that's going to come down to coaching too, though. So are they going to hire a more offensive-minded coach or are they going to hire a more defensive-minded coach? I mean, if I'm them, I'm looking probably on the defensive side of it and then hire unless they go and get the enemy, which doesn't sound like they're going to do. But if you hire a more defensive coach and then maybe find a veteran offensive coordinator um, that would appease Deshaun Watson and, and get that offense, keep that offense going the way it has. And to be honest with you, I think you need to go find a running back because David Johnson is is not good. One of the things you were talking about with the personnel side was they, they had trouble uh, identifying wide receivers. Do you, do you think that's a scouting issue? And is that something that if Casario maybe hires scouts that are better at identifying receivers? I mean, we always think of just, you know, the the GM does everything as far as player personnel, but he depends so much on on the guys that are scouting for him to come up with guys and, and, and really uh, identify the right people for the right system and, and do all that sort of thing. I do. I do think that'll make a big difference. I, I think that the Patriots... They probably have certain scouts in place that just not that good at it. It's pretty amazing when you actually take a sit back and you look at what the Patriots have drafted in the wide at the wide receiver position since 2000. It's disgusting. It, it's it's mind blowing how many guys they have missed on, and how many they just haven't hit on anything. Edelman was a throwaway seventh round pick in 2009, and he's been the best drafted wide receiver they've had. Uh, Dion Branch was the one investment they made at wide receiver Dion Branch that was like 2002 I want to say and David Givens was the other one you guys remember David Givens he was a throwaway seventh round pick from Notre Dame who never thought was going to be a wide receiver never thought he was going to be anything they've invested second round picks like in Chad Jackson I don't remember him from Florida and you know there's been so many guys that you look at and go okay and just hasn't happened it has to be Belichick it has to be he's the common thread with this whole thing and that's why it worries me with Casario a little bit because there's been two people or well, three people that have been here the entire time, and he's one of them. So hopefully he does hire some scouts. And I, you would think that a guy like Casario or any guy who's at the position now that he's in, who has worked his way to this to this high of a spot, would look in the mirror and self-scout themselves and say, listen, I'm not very good at this. I probably should bring somebody in here to help me out. And I think Casario is different to Belichick in that respect where I think he'll actually do that and say, you know what, I mean, not a lot of luck in this in this area. Yeah, they do have some good players now with Will Fuller, and they, they do have a good core there. But you always need to be drafting those guys, and you always need to be bringing in new ones. So I, I think you definitely need to go and add some personnel and so, personnel guys and some scouts that are a little bit better with uh, the skill positions that have had success with skill position guys, maybe to get him thinking differently than the way he thought when he was with the Patriots. 
I, I want to go back to something we were talking about earlier, which is Belichick's disciples uh, and, and what, what's happened with some of the guys that have left the Patriots organization. And you mentioned the success of D- Dimitrov and, you know, you could say Brian Flores at this point. But w- why do you think so many of those guys, you know, as somebody that follows the Patriots have failed elsewhere, whether it's M- Matt Patricia, uh, Cronell, when he was a head coach, Josh McDaniels, um, you know, just so many of the guys have gone elsewhere and just it seems like they've fallen flat on their face. The guys who try to be Bill fail. The guys who be them who, who are themselves give themselves a chance. I know that sounds basic, but it's the truth. I mean, if you're going to go off and, and take over your own team and you got to put your own stamp on it, you don't want to put Bill's stamp on it and, and act like mini Bill. That's what Matt Patricia was doing in Detroit. He was walking around acting like, like he was Belichick. Well, you haven't won anything. And the other thing that people don't understand is that Belichick's not exactly – He's not what everyone thinks he is. He's not as hard to talk to for the player. He, he's just different than what people think. And I think that I just think that a lot of these coaches, they when they get hired, they they feel like they have to be tyrants, and they the players immediately get turned off by it because they're like, well, what the hell? Who the hell is this guy? And he came from the Patriots, great, but what has he done? You know. And I just think that if you look at Patricia, is one of those guys. I think Flores went into Miami with the right right with the right plan. I think Brian Flores is a great coach too. I think that's a big part of it too. Some of these guys, maybe they're not the greatest coaches when they're here. And maybe they look better because they're with a team like the Patriots have been in the past. And that you see that all the time uh, with, with coordinators that just aren't a very good coach and they get hired because of their product of the system they're with. I think that's a big part of it too. Um, like Bill O'Brien. You know, the thing about Bill O'Brien is I just think that if he was just a coach, I don't think he'd be as bad. But when you give him more responsibility as far as the personnel, it takes away from him as a coach. And it also takes away from him on the personnel end because he's got too much on his plate. I think that's a big part of it, too. A guy like O'Brien, he couldn't handle all that. Um, You know, Belichick does do it all, but Ernie Adams hiding in the basement, who people don't really know about, is a huge part of everything the Patriots have done. He just doesn't talk. <laughs> you know who Ernie Adams? You ever seen that guy with the glasses that they don't really talk too much about? He's one of the brains behind the, behind everything they've done, and he's kind of keeps quiet. So I, I think a lot of these guys are just not the best of coaches when they leave here, and they are going off of the success that's occurred for them in New England. And these other coaches are like, what's the next hot thing? Let me go sign this guy. And that's these owners, they, they hired these guys, not – you know, it's too reactionary now in the NFL and in every sport and all professional sports, as far as hiring coaches, it's too reactionary. Now these guys don't get enough time to just put their systems in. And next thing you know, they go out and hire a guy because, you know, well, the chiefs won the Super Bowl. All right, we got to go get this guy. All right. Well, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. All right, we got to go get this guy from the Patriots. It's just, it's foolish. And I think a lot of times the just, these coaches just aren't ready. And I think that's what we've seen with a lot of guys that have left here from McDaniels to, Pretty much every person that's left here, Charlie Weiss was terrible. Charlie Weiss was terrible. He was good at Notre Dame for about two to three years, um, and then they completely fell off the table, and he was terrible. So, I mean, it's I think they're all a product of the system, and the good ones, they they tend to be themselves, like Thomas Dimitrov. Last thing I want to ask you before we go is I was watching the Buccaneers yesterday, and Brady, uh, do you still root for him? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's hard not to. I've watched every play he's been in since 2000, 2000, really, because he got to play a little bit that year, too, towards the end. 
I feel like the Patriots, they they definitely screwed that that whole thing up. They they screwed it up. He never should have had to leave here. Um, that was a huge mistake. And Kraft miscalculated that. Um, you know, the funny thing is, too, and I just want to put this out there, a lot of people blame Belichick and blame all these other guys, you know, for what's happened in the organization. Let's not let Robert Kraft off the hook for the fact that he doesn't pay real money to people. Okay, because the Patriots, they, they may be up there as far as his salary cap is concerned every year, but they are always in the bottom end as far as what they pay out in bonuses. So I think that's one of the things um, that people need to remember is that he's just as much at fault um, as anybody, and that's one of the reasons why Brady is now a Buccaneer. Um, but, yes, I'm absolutely rooting for him. I did not like when he brought Antonio Brown there. That that angered me because it's like, you know, what are you doing? Like, that, that guy... I didn't feel like he deserved another chance, but lo and behold, last night he catches a 35-yard touchdown, and he looks like he's a difference maker for them. So, yeah, I, I mean, and I said this yesterday to a bunch of my friends, I, I think the the funniest thing that could happen is the uh, the Buccaneers play the Bills in the Super Bowl, and Brady is beats the Bills. And I definitely think the whole Buffalo fan base would have to be uh, watched for a little while because I think they might lose their minds because that's been something that's been going on since – Brady was in New England. He beats Buffalo all the time. And now that he's gone, the Buffalo fans are in rejoicing and winning the division, and they look great. So if they were to lose to Brady in the Super Bowl, I think it might be the funniest thing I'd ever see in my life. So, yes, I am rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, I just also wondered, you've watched him his whole career. What percentage of Brady are we seeing right now compared to when he was at his best, is this 75% of Brady, 80% of Brady? Where is he at right now? I was going to say 80. Yeah, I was going to say 80. He doesn't have the same zip on some of the outside throws and some of the deep outs. Um, but he his his anticipation is still insane. Like he just – he sees everything before it's going to happen. He has so much experience. I, I was you know watching him last night and I'm just shaking my head. No, I watched him all year. But it's different when you're watching Cam Newton and then you're watching Brady and then you're watching going back and forth. When you just watch Brady, you get to, you know, you really appreciate how great he is when he's gone. I think that's part of it. I appreciate how great he was when he was here, too, because, you know, it's you don't get guys like that all the time. But his anticipation is not he hasn't lost any of that. He sees things before they happen. And that's why he's so good. He's like a computer out there. But he's there's certain throws that he can't hit anymore. And he can get out of the way still a little bit. But he can't move. He from 2014 to 2017, I don't know who he was working with, but he was able to move out of the pocket, going left and going right and throwing the ball better than he ever had in his entire career. And he's lost that. That's gone away too. So yeah, he's about he's about an 80 percent of where he was. But 80 percent of Tom Brady, I'll take over 95 percent of the league. Let me ask you uh, before you go. Can you tell people? how they might be able to hit you up and maybe if there's any questions that I, I didn't ask you about Casario that they want to ask you about. Absolutely. I'm on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. Um, sometimes I get myself in trouble on there, but never kicked off for life or anything like that. Um, my <laughs> handle is, it's, uh, it's actually pretty easy to find. It's Chris, C-H-R-I-S underscore Simino, S-I-M-O-N-E-A-U at twitter.com. So, Go on there, ask me any questions you want. You can follow me if you want to just ask me the questions straight up on there. You can direct message me. I don't really care as long as it's not anything shady, so I don't have to block you. Um, I'm also, you know, I do my live blog every week. Um, got a little messed up over the last month of the season because I was selling a house and moving and do all those types of things, but um, we'll see that up and going again next year. But as we get the playoffs go on and we're getting really getting wrapped up here with the season, 
I'll, you'll start seeing a lot from me as far as the draft is concerned. And I'll even have some Texans stuff in there and everything too. So if anybody would feel free to take a look because uh, I cover, I pretty much write about every team when it comes to the NFL draft. Well, thanks so much for doing this. We know we're, we're getting you on a Sunday. We, we, we hear a little bit of the craziness behind the scenes with the family. So we know we took you away from some of that as well. Hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> and thank you for having me on. Anytime you want me to come on, I'm, I'm free. So I really appreciate it. All right. Fantastic. And uh, just a reminder to anybody that missed it uh, a few days ago, we had a little throwback Thursday on the Bills Oilers game, the, that disappointing game. And just a reminder before we close things out, you can message through Twitter, Facebook, email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.